some things I want to mention, well, one thing in particular I want to mention before we get into the word that uh, January 7th we'll have Pastor Mark here. Amen. Hallelujah. So January 7th we'll have Pastor Mark and uh, many others coming this next year. So 2024 is going to be a big year for us. Amen. It's going to be a year of growth. Amen. A year of growth. Yes, and we're going to be growing in many, many different ways. Hallelujah. Not just one way, but many different ways. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Are you ready for the word today? Glory to God. Well, if you've got your Bible, take your Bible and, 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 and grab it and hold it over your head. Glory to God. Say, so so repeat after me. I believe, I believe everything my Bible says, no matter what the devil says, no matter what the world says, no matter what my circumstances say. Today, I'm a believer. Therefore, I'm a receiver. And I will receive today absolutely everything that God has for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you know... Um, we just celebrated Thanksgiving, which I believe is probably one of the most holy days in the year. And, you know, I said, well, Pastor, I thought Christmas was. Not. Well, it, it is, but, you know, Thanksgiving is a day that we give thanks to the Lord. It's a day that's really just dedicated for him. This country was founded based on th giving thanks to the Lord. <laughs> that's what the whole purpose of Thanksgiving was. Hallelujah. And, um, you know, in the past... A lot of times, I, you know, the, the, the Lord has had me just preach other messages and things, but this time he said, I want you to talk about Thanksgiving. So that's what we're going to talk about today. The, the message of, the, uh, of today's title of messages is called Thanksgiving. Amen. Hallelujah. And the importance of it. You know, a lot of people, you know, you think about Thanksgiving, giving thanks, you know, well, yeah, we should give thanks to God, and it's important, but... You really, you know, until you take a look at it, the process of Thanksgiving, you, you don't really start to understand the importance of it when you look at it from a biblical standpoint. So I want you, if you would, open up uh, your Bibles to the book of Psalm, Psalm 100, and we're going to get started there. Psalm 100. Praise God. Hallelujah. Psalm 100, and it says in Psalm 100, say amen when you're there. Amen. I want to get started before anybody's there. Give everybody a chance to see. Because, you know, it's important that you, you look at a, at a Bible, you look at the Word of God, and you see it in, in, your, in your eyes. All right? Because here's what happens. Here's how the devil operates. If you don't have that Bible in front of you, all right, the minute you walk out that door... The devil will tell you, well, that's just what the pastor said. How do you know it's in the Word of God? Did you see it? Well, no. See, he's already, he's already got a foothold on you. And you didn't even know it. because Why? Because you didn't know that, realize the importance of having a Bible. But I would, I would encourage you not only to have a Bible, but, you know, somebody said earlier in, before the service, I think it was Brother Travis, you know, you show me a Bible that's well-worn, and well used, and I'll show you a life that's in good condition. Amen. But you show me a Bible that's not well worn, and it's not, it's not well used, it's not marked up. I mean, you look at my Bible here, and you, you can see that I've had this thing for 20 years. Matter of fact, a few years ago, I sent it off and had it completely redone. I put about $600 in, the, in my Bible because I, want, I wanted to keep it. But, uh, I mean, you look through it, I've, I've, I've made markings, and I write in it. And, see, and that's what you want to do, because when you go back over the Word of God, you want to be able to look in there, and something that spoke to you at one time jumps off that page. And see, that automatically will trigger in you a response in the Spirit to say, hey, you need to check that out again. Because it meant something at one time, all right? It means something again. There's a reason why God spoke to you specifically. Now, what happened? What, what God speaks to for me may not be the same for any for, for all of you here. It, it could be different things, and we could have some of the same scriptures. Now, I'm not saying that, but uh, that's that's God speaking to you. But here in Psalm 100, He gives us an example of how the kingdom operates. Look in verse four here. It says, "Enter into His gates with thanksgiving." 
and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Now, there's a process. There's a pattern in heaven how it operates. So it, it tells us to re, that we should enter the gates. All right, with what? With thanksgiving. Right? So what does that do? That, that means you're actually on the premises. Think about it. That, that when you enter someone's gates, you're on their premises. You're on their property. Okay? So God's saying, how do you get on my property is you get on there by, by, by thanksgiving. All right? Now how you get in my courts. Right. <laughs> Here you go. He says, now enter my courts with praise. What happens in his courts? Well, just think about this. What happens in a court of law? There's decisions made. There's legal things that take place in a court. Well, how, how many of you know and understand that God's court's higher than any other court in this land Amen. or this world? There is no court that's higher than his court. Hallelujah. So once a decision is made in his court, it doesn't matter what man's court says. Absolutely not. So see, he's telling you how to get on his property, all right, with what? Thanksgiving. But enter his courts with praise. Why? Because in those courts, that's where decisions are going to be made and finalized, and no man can change it. Yes. All right? Yes. Now, when you get a revelation of that, see, this may be, may be new to some of you, but when you get a revelation on this, it'll change how you think and how you look at, about things that you're believing God for. Because when you have an understanding that you've entered into his premises and into his courts the proper way, that you have what he says you have. And, you know, it'll change your faith because it'll change it to the aspect, I believe I, I was reading, Norville Hayes said this, he said, faith doesn't have a watch. And I seen it, I thought, you know what, that's a lot of our problem. We think our faith has a watch. Well, we're looking at our faith like a watch. When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Faith doesn't have a watch. Faith is not concerned about when the manifestation because faith understands it's not our part. Receiving is our part. All right? And the sooner we get an understanding of receiving it, see, our, your faith is just, it just kicking the high gear because well, it's, it's in full operation. No longer are you looking for something. You've already got it. And where did you get it? When you got it in the court. Why? Because you understand about thanksgiving. You understand about praise. You, you see some things there. Now let's go to another scripture. Go to Psalm chapter 30. Psalm 30. It says in Psalm 30, just a few pages back, Verse 2, it says, O Lord my God, I cried unto you, and you have healed me. Notice it's past tense. You have healed me. Yeah. All right, verse 3. O Lord, you have brought my soul from the grave. You have kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. Verse 4. Sing unto the Lord, O you saints of his. Give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Give thanks for what he's done for you. He saved you from going to hell. I mean, if he didn't do anything else, if he didn't do absolutely anything else, that's worth the whole, that's worth the whole ball of wax right there. Is that you and I have been saved from eternal damnation which the world is facing. Those that don't know Jesus, and see, that's why it's important for us to get the word out because these people are going to hell. All right? Why? Because they haven't received the free gift. It's free. It's a free gift. But part of that gift is you've got to turn your life over to him. You've got to give your life to him. You've got to learn how the kingdom operates. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you. What he was saying was, he's saying, find out how the, how the kingdom operates. Once you find out how the kingdom operates, everything else will be added unto you. Everything. All right? P 
peace, joy, all this stuff is operating, comes to you because you understand how the kingdom operates. And at the very end of that scale of things that are added to you is money. Money's the lowest form of the blessing. It's important because you know you you, you need the money to, to preach the gospel to spread. It's the lowest form. See, when you get an understanding about those things, money's no longer important to you. In the aspect you're not worshiping it. You're understanding that God uses it. You know, that's why how how we get things purchased so that we can go do things, but you're not afraid to talk about money. So much of the church world is afraid to even talk about it. Why? They don't understand how the kingdom operates. They haven't taken time to, to, to learn. They haven't taken time to teach the people. I mean, we've got churches out there that tell, telling people that God doesn't want you uh, blessed financially. Then you turn around and take up an offering. Uh, I, that's a little stupid to me. Yeah. Tell the people that God doesn't want to bless you, and then you want to take up an offering and ask for money. Something don't make sense there, right? So anyway, give thanks to him for what he's done. This is very important. Give thanks to what God has done in your life. Now let's look at another one here. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm going to look at a few scriptures here today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And verse 18. <clears throat> In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, some people have taken that, they've taken that out of context. I mean, you, 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 you thank God for the attack that's going on in your life. No, that's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about giving thanks for the attack that's going on in your life for the, the lack that you're experiencing or for the sickness that you're experiencing. He's not talking about giving thanks for that. Giving thanks <clears throat> is important because you already have the answer to get you out of whatever you're going through. That's what you're thankful for. It's very important that you understand the power of thanks because thanksgiving, giving of thanks, praise, um, gratitude, the song we just sang a while ago, is very important in the kingdom how it operates and how for you to receive things. Because with that, when you when you change the atmosphere around you, it becomes an atmosphere in which God can operate in. See, a lot of times, what God's waiting to do in your life, He, you know, you're you're, you're looking at the Word and say, "Well, I see that I see that God's promises for this for me." All right? And God's saying, yeah, yeah, that's what I want to do. But see, you're, you have to change the atmosphere in your situation so that what? That God can come down and move in that situation. So he wants, a, he wants an atmosphere that is welcoming to him, all right, that you entered into the gates, we're at Thanksgiving. You've entered into his courts with praise. Now you're in a situation, you're in, you're in an atmosphere in which God can really move. That's why you've seen times like what we kind of experienced here this morning, what we experienced last Sunday, and in other Sundays before too, was just the presence of God, the importance of that, of that sensation that you, 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 it's, you know, a lot of times we see it in feeling, but we also, to, to a degree, we, we start to see it. You see a manifestation of the, what we call the glory of God. Those are important because God, in that situation, God's here to move. He's here to do something. Hallelujah. So see, you, you start seeing giving thanks in everything is so important because it, it changes the atmosphere. It's just, it's kind of like you see people that are negative all the time. They're always complaining. Do you really want to be around somebody like that? No, none of us do. We kind of move, when we find somebody that they're always griping, they're always complaining, it just kind of, it kind of moves you away. Why? If it does it to you, think what it does to the Spirit of God. So see, until you change your atmosphere around you, it's not an atmosphere in which God can move. I've never heard this testimony from anyone 
that the way that they became peaceful or wealthy was they just simply complained their way into prosperity or into peace. I've never heard it. You never have either. Why? Because it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Why would you want to use something that doesn't work? And actually, I think I was listening to Rick Renner's wife, and she said this. She said, being negative or complaining is actually a habit. And when she said that, I was like, something went off, and I thought, you know, you're right. It's a habit that people have picked up on because they get around, and you'll, you'll, you'll see this. Negative people will get around other negative people. Why? Because they feel, they, they feel that, okay, we've all lost a lot here. But here's the downside of that. The real downside of that is, yeah, you've lost a lot, and you're not getting anything because of your attitudes. You have to get around people and, and get around the things of God that are positive, that speak the word of God, that speak faith, that encourage you, that speak to you the truth in love. And part of that process, too, is, is receiving correction. I mean, seriously, you, you have to be able to receive correction because until you receive correction, you, you, you're not qualified for increase or to receive from heaven. So if you, if you don't have a grateful heart, you don't, you don't create a gratefulness in your attitude your, uh, toward the things of God, toward the people of God. You resist the things of God. God can't move in your life. I think it's back in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3 back there where it talks about the last days. And it, and it talks about um, how they resist uh, where, where by this type or this sort silly women are taken captive ever learning but never able to gain the knowledge of the truth of God as Johnnies and Jambres they resisted the things of God so what happens is you, we have people they're, they're learning they're reading their Bibles they're, they're, they're occasionally coming to church All right, they're doing things like that but see what they do is they resist the real truth of God and they're never able to come to the knowledge. And simply what that means is you're never able, they're never able to take the things of God and put them into practice and see them happen in their life. That's all that really means. All right? It doesn't mean you don't know God. It doesn't mean you don't know the things about God. It means you never see a manifestation of God in your life. They're, they're the ones that are always looking, well, I'm believing that God's going to. Yeah, that's always future tense. No, God's now. He's now. He's now. He's not in your past. He's in the present. He's in the future. But he's dealing with things right now. So see, when you allow him to create the atmosphere in your life to which he can move in, you'll see God move. And a lot of times that's where people are believing God for a miracle. He's just waiting on you to create that atmosphere. Quit talking to the doubt and unbelief. Well, God, when's this going to happen? Why don't you spend some time just thanking him for it happening? Why don't you spend some time worshiping him and praising him and giving him thanks? See, that's what the word says. Let me read it to you again here. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning who? You. In everything give thanks. I'm not thanking God for the storm I'm going through. No, 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 no. I'm thanking I've already got the answer. And it's manifesting in my life. I remember uh, someone talking about this man, uh, this man of God. He's, he's now in heaven. But he was a very, very rich man. And he had a, an attitude of thankfulness. He just, his whole life, he was thankful. And one day, he lost $10 million in one day. And they came up to him and, and the news media and all that, you know, thinking, okay, now we're going to get him. And they asked him, and said, what do you think about what's your, your, your thinking process? You lost $10 million. He said, you know, I am so thankful that, I, that God blessed me with so much money that I had $10 million to lose. Amen. Oh, you, you, you. You should have seen the look on the devil's face. He thought he had victory. It was like, he, he just got kicked to the curb. The same man now, a few years later, 
<clears throat> his daughter dies, 38 years old. They come back thinking, okay, now we're going to get him. We're going to finally get this guy to really, what do you think about your daughter dying? 38 years of age. He said, you know, I am so thankful that I had 38 years of her in my life. So there's something we can learn from that. A lot of times when things happen, we, we immediately go to the negative and we start focusing on the negative. Well, you know, I've had, you know, you've had people say, well, if it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Well, that's why you, you got bad luck because you're believing in luck. There's no such thing as luck. You're just living under the curse. I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. Everything I put my hands to prospers. Well, pa pastor, what about this going on in your life and that going on? I'm blessed. I'm not focusing on that. I'm going to worship him. Because through that process is where I'll see the manifestation. Let's go to another scripture here. Hallelujah. Uh, yeah. Go to Psalm 50. Psalm 50. Thank you, Lord. You know, I've seen this one here, and I was like, my land, I'd never seen that before. <laughs> you ever, that ever happened to you? You read a scripture and you're like, uh, I never saw that in there. Psalm 50. Praise God. Now, the weird thing about it is I highlighted it in my Bible, but I don't know. I mean, this is years ago, so I, I'm like, gosh, I must have seen it then. But see, because I didn't go back and look what I highlighted, I didn't focus on it. The Lord can't speak to me about it. See, God will show you things in, your, in the Word. You'll highlight it, and then later on you're coming back and you're praying, and he'll, he'll quicken it back to you and say, you know, I want to talk to you about that. Why don't you flip there real quick? Well, if you don't have it highlight, you're going to say, well, I, I don't know where that's at. Yeah, that's the problem. You don't honor the things of God. I'm saying this because he said this to me. He said, Michael, that's the problem with you. The reason why you don't have it there is because, uh, you know, I, I, I told you to, you know, to, to, to put a mark there, to highlight that stuff. He said, i got plenty of other Bibles. He said, you're not going to wear my Bible out. So I learned a long time ago to start, not start making notes. All right? Psalm 50, you there? Two verses. Offer unto God, verse 14. Offer unto God thanksgiving. All right, there we go. Here's that word again. Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows unto the Most High. Verse 15. And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee and you shall give me glory. Now see, most of you just read right through that. You, but you didn't see what it said. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee. He didn't say I might. He said, I will deliver thee. And then what follows that? You will give me glory. You will give me glory. You will give me glory. So he's going to deliver you. Then he's going to give you glory. You're going to give him glory. All right? But what was the first part up there? Offering to God thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, be thankful. All right? Be thankful in everything. Be thankful in everything. Not thanking him for the, for the bad things that are going on. That's not, what we're that's not what the word's talking about. It's thanking him, being thankful, being a thankful, being a, a, of gratitude, having an attitude that you're, you're grateful. Because what's it doing? It's changing the whole atmosphere. Now, I'm going to warn you, when you, when you start being grateful about things, people are going to leave you right and left. I mean, it's going to be like they're storming to leave you for a while, but then all of a sudden, there are going to be people that are come, come getting around you saying, hey, you know what, there's something about you. I don't know what it is. <laughs> What's well, the Spirit of God? It's, and it's the atmosphere of God on you. All right? And those are going to be your true friends. But see, because negativity, complaining, people like that because it makes them feel better. I, I don't know if you've heard this story before, but you ever go out, I've never done it, but I've heard people, but they, they'll, they'll go out on, the, on, on beaches and they'll look to, to capture uh, crabs. 
up on the beach. They'll take a big five-gallon bucket with them. They'll throw that one crab, they'll pick up one, throw one in there. And that, see, that crab keeps trying to get out until they get another one. Once they get another one, they'll throw two in there, and they can set that bucket down and walk away all day long. That, 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 they'll never get out of there. The reason why is one crab will always pull the other one down. He'll always pull the other one down. So you throw two or three in there, nobody's getting out of there. Because they'll all be kept in there. And I see that's a lesson there for people that are negative around you. See, that's why a lot of times people are dealing with this stuff and they say, well, you know, I know I need to minister to him, but hold it, did God tell you that? Did God specifically tell you, minister to this person? See, the reason why you have that bad feeling on the inside of you is the Spirit of God's telling you, these people got to be getting out of your life. Now, you can tell them to go, or you can just be thankful. I'm telling you, they'll, they'll just leave. Because why? Because that anointing that's rising up you. They'll either leave or they'll get right with God. Amen. They will. See, you don't, you don't need to go in the muck and mire to help people. You need to stand, you need to stand in the blessing and they'll come to you. But when we're living that kind of a life, a thankful type of life, one that praises Him, one that worships Him, As you go through that process, here's what happens. You get a better revelation of people that come against you. Because you start to see, and I've started to see, I've been seeing this. And it affects the way I handle the situation because it's bringing clarity. They're not really coming against you. They're coming against Jesus in you. I see, you know, when I see these things happening to me, people complaining and, and griping and all, and all that stuff, and the Lord showed me this. It was like I was seeing myself, but I saw Jesus superimposed on me. And he said, they're not doing it to you. They're doing it to me. And he said, that's how I look at it. Don't ever forget that. So I said, well, Lord, what does that mean? What, how, how does that give me comfort in getting through it? He said, he said, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And he said, that anointing that's in you, each one of my people, is rising up and destroying the yokes that are on other people's lives. The other people, and here's, here, now, here's the warning. They'll either get right with God or they'll leave. They'll leave your life. They'll leave your life. You're not doing it. The anointing does because it destroys yokes and lifts the burdens. So if someone, what the, what the anointing is doing, when you walk in love, when you live a thankful life, a praiseful life, that anointing is not only cleansing you, purifying you, but it's checking other people around you. It's sending out, it's saying, what, what kind of person are you? What are you? Are you yield? Will you yield to the things of God? Or do I need to destroy you? You don't make that decision. I don't make that decision. The anointing does. But that's when you, when you live that, that lifestyle. That's what happens. So he says here, I will deliver thee and you shall glorify me. So there's a pattern. In the day of trouble, you call on him. He said, I will deliver you. I will. And you will glorify me. You will. But the first thing was thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Now, let's go here to scripture. Uh, Psalm 22. Right? We're in Psalms. Let's, let's stick there. Psalm 22. Psalm 22, verse 3. It says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. How many of you know Israel is a, is a picture of the church? All right. When it talks about Israel, it's not just talking about the, the, the Israelites, but it's talking about the church, too. The church hasn't replaced the Jewish people. All right. The Jewish people are still God's chosen people. But, but we are 
the church. And in Israel, is a picture of the church. So it says, How art thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel? Now that word inhabits, and that's what I want to look at here, it literally means that God comes in and he sits down as a judge. And he's there, in Hebrew, it means to settle. He's there to bring a decision. When he comes in, because of your praises, he sets down with you. Why? Because the work's finished. All right? The work's finished. You know, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. He's sitting down at the right hand of the Father. Why? Because the work's finished. There's only one time in Scripture that we know Jesus gets up off his seat. That's when Stephen is being persecuted and stoned. It says he stood up because Stephen was being persecuted and murdered. And he said, come on home, son. You faithful servant. Well done job because you stood and preached my word even at the cost of your life. Caused Jesus to stand up. But here he says, God inhabits the praises of his people. He comes and sits down right with you. He sits down with you and he, and he issues a settlement. Whatever's going on in your life. I don't care if it's financial, physical, mental, whatever is going on in your life, he settles it. Yeah. Changes the whole situation. See, and what happens then from that point where you say, well, Pastor, okay, when I do that, when I go through that whole process, and I look at my situation, it hasn't changed. Hold on, you're looking at the natural. The Bible tells you, while we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen, because the things that are seen are all temporary. They're changing. You know, you go out here to a building and uh, let's say we want to take a, a building down, a 30-story building down, we, and we send people in there, experts with dynamite and all that kind of stuff, and they set charges off. That building literally doesn't come down like that. Those charges go off and you start seeing smoke coming out and all this stuff, and it may be a minute or so. Maybe longer. Well, the charges were sent off. What's happened? The whole structure of the thing was failing. So in that process, immediately it didn't look like things were changing, but all of a sudden things came down. See, that's what's happening in the realm of the spirit when you do this. So you can't go out into the natural and look at it and say, well, I don't see how things have changed. Because sometimes in the spirit realm, for it to show up, it takes a little while. Or in, I'm, I'm sorry, in the natural, it takes a little while for it to show up. In the spirit realm, it's already happened. It's done. It's done. Our job is to not to look at this, the natural and judge things based on what we see in the natural. You judge it based on the spiritual. Every one of you in here born-again Christians. Can you prove it? You got a plaque? A statement? Signed in blood? How do you know? By faith. By faith. How do you receive anything from the kingdom? By faith. You see it, you, you see it in his word. You see what his word says about situations. You receive it the same way. You see in the Word of God where it says that pr what praise and worship does, it changes the whole situation. So just like how you receive salvation, you receive everything. You'll receive your homes changed. You'll receive your, you'll receive your jobs changed. Doors will be open unto you that no man could open. Doors will be closed for you that no man can open. Laws will be changed. 
if that's what you're believing God for. If, if a law needs to be changed and it goes against the word of God, you can stand in agreement, you can offer up praise and worship, and God will come down and he'll settle that situation, change the law. And the people, the people in the natural won't even understand why they're changing the law. I've seen it happen before. I don't care that they don't understand it. They're blind. They don't know my Lord. All they know is we're changing this law, and they're so silly they don't even know why they're changing the law, but they're changing it. It's because God's moving in that situation. And God needs somebody to stand in the gap and believe him when everybody else around you don't believe. Hallelujah. Let's go on here. All right, Hebrews 13. This kind of goes in, in line with it. Hebrews 13, praise God. You getting something today? All right, I'm not done. I'm just asking. <laughs> I'm not done. Hebrews 13. Verse 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the, fir the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Now, this, that scripture right there is just jam-packed. I could probably just preach a whole sermon just on that one little point right there. It's so powerful. And still not even touch it. But... but <laughs> It's this word, therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise. You know, a lot of times you'll find that your praise is a sacrifice because you don't feel like praising. When you don't feel like praising and you praise, see, that's a sacrifice of praise. It was like the rich man I mentioned earlier that lost his daughter at 38 years old. How, did he, how, how was he thankful because he had her 38 years? Because he had already offered up the sacrifice of praise. Thank you, Father. Oh, I praise you. That you Father, I know where she's at. I've got 38 years of life with her. I enjoyed it for 38 years. It's not over. It's not the end for those that know the Lord. That's a sacrifice of praise. Your body, your flesh does not feel like praising at that time. You feel like doing what? Like crying. Grieving because of the loss. But what do you do? The word says, you offer a sacrifice of praise. You praise that your family hates you. They're not hating you. You praise God while they're hating you. Why? Because you know He's working in their lives. The reason why that hate's coming towards you is because of what the devil's doing in their life and he sees that you are using the anointing in your life and it's come against him. So he's sticking a fork in them, in their spirits and saying, get after them. Complain more. Complain all the time. Every time you get up, complain. Why? Because it's a thorn in their side and he knows it. But see, what you're going to do is you're going to offer the sacrifice of praise because what? That's more powerful than what Satan is doing in their life. And in the end, in the end, there's coming a day, there's coming a time. I don't believe it's too far off. There's coming a point in time that they're going to come to you and they're either going to apologize or they're going to say, I need what you got. Or they'll come to you, hey, guess what I did? I wouldn't give my life to Jesus. Somewhere along those lines, it's going to happen. You're going to see these people have turned. Why? Because you were all, all along, you're offering the sacrifice of praise. Father, I praise you, Lord. I thank you, Father. I see you moving in my kid's life. I see you moving in my family's life. I don't care how the, what they're acting like. I'm not going to sit here and talk about how bad they are. I'm going, to, I'm going to praise and worship you because I see you moving. I see them coming to know you. I see their eyes being open. They're hearing the word of God. All of my children are taught of the Lord. All of my grandchildren are taught of the Lord. All of my family are taught of the Lord. You said if all I have to do is call out on the name of Jesus 
and, and me and my whole household will be saved. We're part of my household. They're saved. They're saved. They're being saved. They're being saved. Glory. It's, devil, you're not having them. Not today. Not tomorrow. It ain't going to happen. Praise you, Father, for saving them. Thank you, Lord. Now, I can't look at what, how they act. I can't look at what they're doing. No, 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 no. I'm not going to let that, that bother me. Now, I may say something to them as the Spirit gives me unction about what they're doing, but that's not going to be my focus. My focus is on the Lord. I'm praising Him and thanking Him because of what He's doing in their life. I'm offering a sacrifice of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm praising Him because why? Well, the whole situation's changing because what? Well, the atmosphere around me is changing and it's starting to get on them. It's getting on them. Yeah, yeah, because every time they come around, that atmosphere that, that is a corrupt one starts to get on them. Now, see, now here's the problem is if the atmosphere that you're creating is not of God, it's not having an effect on them at all. If it's anger, pride, how do you, well, Pastor, how do I keep that in check? I'll give you two things here. You have to surrender to the Lord. Number one, surrender to God. Surrender what? Everything. All the plans that you had, surrender them. If it's a God, he'll bring them back up. If it's not, it, it, it was just you your flesh. That's what surrender is. The second thing you got to do is abandon Abandonment. Abandon everything in your life but God. Anything that's a crutch in your life that you were leaning on, you have to, you have to give it up. You're showing your, your, soul, your soul trust in Him. Is that easy to do? No, it's not. It's a process. You're not going to go out here today and come back in here next week and say, Hey, Pastor, guess what? I've abandoned everything. I've surrendered everything. No, it's going to be a process. It's going to be like peeling an onion. Because what's going to happen is, when you say those words to the Lord, He's going to start, he's going to start showing you things in your life. And then, and then as you let Him peel that onion, then He shows you another piece. Then He moves the onion around and He peels another piece. Then you, you surrender or you abandon that, and He turns the onion around and He peels another. And this keeps on going and going and going and going. All right? And eventually what happens is you become more and more like him. You become more and more like him. Amen. You know, I had, I had somebody here years ago. They went to, I think it was Silver Dollar City, one of those places, you know, that kind of old time type things. And anyway, there was a, a person in there and they were, they were melting down silver and they were making things with it. You know, like forks and stuff like that, all kinds of stuff. And somebody asked him the question. They said, when you heat that silver up and you get it hot, when do you, when do you know it's time that you can actually pour it into the mold? Because it's, he said it has to be a certain temperature. If you just take silver and melt it and pour it, it won't work. It'll fall apart. So they asked him, said, well, how do you know when the silver's ready that you've got it hot enough to pour it in the mold that it'll, it'll mold. He said, when I, when I take the silver and I look into it and I can see my reflection. Amen. See, a lot of us, that's exactly, all of us, that's how God is. He's waiting till he looks at you and he can see his reflection in you and me. Then he can use us. Many people have a calling on their life. But they won't go through that process to where he can see himself in them. God doesn't call the qualified. No. He qualifies the called. Just because somebody speaks publicly and things like that doesn't mean he's calling them to a pulpit ministry. So a lot of times what will happen is you'll see people that are in that type of lifestyle public speaking, and then they get saved and think, well, they're called to, to pastor church. No, they're not. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. You know, usually, for, for a lot of times, what God's going to do is he's going to take the same kind of thing. 
He'll take you right where you're at and say, okay, how do you work in a small church? Are you willing to clean the bathrooms? Are you willing to come in and, and vacuum the floors, paint the, paint the house of God, do things like that? See, a lot of people, oh, no, I won't do stuff like that. But I'll preach. God, I can't use you. You say, I can't use you. I can't use you. Why? Because he's qualifying the called. It's a process you go through. Hallelujah. All right, let's go on here. Praise God. Let's go to Luke chapter 17. Luke 17, we've seen this before. But this is powerful in the sense of talking about thanksgiving and what happens. In Luke 17, and then I'm going to give you four things here to help you. Luke 17, verse 11, it says, And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, speaking of Jesus, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and he entered into a certain village. There met him ten, ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now, leprosy is a very terrible disease that when people get it, you know, they start losing, parts of your body just falls off. It rots. Fingers, noses, ears, all that. So these men had, had leprosy. It says, as they went, as they went what? To go show themselves to the priest because at that time, the only way you could be declared healed is the priest had to see you and say, declare you healed. Otherwise, you were forbidden to be out in public because they could stone you. It cost you your life. And it says, verse 15, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, and with a loud voice he glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Why is that important? Because he wasn't, he wasn't eligible for, for the blessing. He wasn't a covenant person. He wasn't a Jew. But what is he doing here? He's showing gratitude. He's showing worship. And now, notice here in verse 17, it says, And Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? In other words, Jesus was expecting the other nine to be there too. He said, Where are the other nine? Verse 18, he says, There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. There's not a covenant person that came back. He said that there are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. Well, we know the Samaritan's a stranger, but apparently other, the other nine were covenant people. Otherwise, he'd have said, None of, nine strangers didn't show up except this one stranger. He, he says there are not found that return to give glory to God in other words, they should have been giving glory to God, except this person that's a stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go your way, your faith hath made you whole. I like to say it this way, your worship has made you whole. Faith and worship are connected. Faith and worship are connected. See, you can't truly worship God outside of faith. If you, if you are uncomfortable praising God or worshiping God, you have an issue. You really do. The reason why people say, well, I just don't feel good about comfortable about worshiping God or praising, because you have, an, you have an issue in his relationship. There's a problem there. Something's not right. I'm not going to tell you what it is because that's between you and God, but I, if it was me... I would come up to the altar and I would say, man, I need to rededicate my life to you or something, Lord. I want to get this right. Something's wrong here. Something's wrong here. See, that's what's, need that's what's needed. Is sometimes people, they just need to come up and they rededicate their lives to the Lord. Something's not right. But he says, uh, Arise, go thy way, your faith or your worship has made you whole. So what happened with this man, 
he goes back and he was cleansed like the other nine. But body parts that he lost grew back. Fingers, nose, ears. So later on when he runs into these other guys, they don't recognize him. And he says, what do you mean you don't recognize me? I was with you. We were all in that camp, that leprosy camp. You don't have leprosy. We do. They're missing body parts. They've only got half their hands. We don't have our ears. You've got all of your, your body parts. What happened? I went back and gave him thanks. And he said, arise. My faith had made me whole. As I got up, my fingers grew out. I felt my nose, it was back. My ears, the one that fell off, rotted off. It was completely back on my head. I don't know how he did it. But he said, my faith made me whole. My worship, what I did, made him whole. Now listen. We've seen in scriptures that by giving thanks and praise and calling on him, he will deliver you. And then he said, he, you will glorify him afterwards. Right? Here we see a non-covenant person returns to give him thanks and praise and everything he lost is returned. How much more for you and me that are covenant people? The power of praise and worship. The power of praise and worship and thanksgiving. All right, I'm going to give you four things here. All right, to help you. Four things. And uh, these are not my four things. I got these from, um, from Doc Barkley. Number one is a Barkley, or a Barkley proverb. He says this all the time. Live a grateful life. Every door of life swings on the hinges of gratitude. Yeah, you want to write these down. <laughs> Live a grateful life. Every door of life swings on the hinges of gratitude. Somebody that's always grateful, the door's just going to open for them. It just happens. I mean, you go out to somebody, a pen, uh, do you, anybody get an extra pen? Oh, here, here. <laughs> I got one here right on my book. You go around places that people that are thankful, you know, you get around people that are thankful and they, you, know, you give them something, oh, thank you, I appreciate that so much. Amen. What's it do to you? It makes you, it makes you want to do more for them. You're like, gosh, is there something else I can do for you? Why? Because we don't hear those words anymore. When I was a kid growing up, you were taught to tell, tell people, say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, thank you, no, thank you. Yeah. You don't see that today, very rarely. And when you do, it's almost like you feel compelled to do something extra for some of them because, wow, that's a, that's a lost art. Well, every door of life swings on the hinges of gratitude. The second thing, in everything give thanks. No matter what situation you are, give thanks. It's so important. Instead of, instead of opening your mouth to complain, give thanks. Now see, those of you that are here that heard this, that's going to pop in your, your spirit. Later on, today or tomorrow, some, I mean, it's not going to be long. Something negative is going to be around you in some way, shape, or form. I'm not cursing you. I'm just saying, this is life. Life brings these things. And rather than, you're going to have two options real quick. And your two options are give thanks or complain about it. And for those of you that slip up and you miss it and you start to complain, just stop and repent. Say, Father, I'm sorry. I should never have said that. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to thank you, Father. See, you just turn the whole situation around. You got a way out. You got a way out. God didn't leave you. He, he, he didn't let you there. He's giving you a way of escape. Number three, rejoice evermore. 
1 Thessalonians 5.16, we're not going there. It says, to rejoice evermore. In other words, take the joy you had, bring it back up again. Always be rejoicing. Rejoicing. Well, you know, when the first time you got saved, the first time when, when God did something in your life and you were joyful, hey, rejoice. That means rejoice. Bring that joy back up. Rejoice evermore. Evermore. Thank God. You're not going to hell. Thank God. The devil doesn't have control of you anymore. Thank God. God's prospering you. Thank God you have peace. Thank God you know how to get peace. Thank God you're healed. Thank God you're delivered. Rejoice evermore. Life is targeting our joy. The devil is targeting your joy. In Nehemiah 8.10 says, The joy of the Lord is our strength. Yeah. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Proverbs 17.22 says this, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So see, when you're happy, it's medicine to you. Now here's another thing I was reading and I, uh, uh, it came back up on my, my memory line. But there was a doctor at Oral Roberts University, and this was back, I believe, in the 70s or 80s. And they did this study. And they found that when people pray in the Spirit, that there's two chemicals that are released from a portion of the brain that's never used. And these chemicals are, have healing properties in them. So when, when you and I pray in the Holy Spirit, not only are we praying for other people and other things, but we're praying in a way that there's things being released in our body that brings healing to our body. So see, you're interceding for somebody else, but what's happening in your body is your, your body has, is releasing chemicals to bring healing to your body. The more you pray in the Spirit, the more you pray in the Spirit, it not only helps other people, it can not only help you, but it helps your body too. Praying in the Spirit. Hallelujah. So, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. When you're happy, you're, you're more willing to pray. Right? I mean, if we have to, we'll make the sacrifice of praise. Alright? We'll do that if we have to. But it's a lot better, to do, easier to do it when we're, when we're happy. Okay, the fourth one is be a worshiper and a praiser. Be a worshiper and a praiser. What's the difference, Pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked. Worship is when we thank God for who he is. And we've abandoned our, our ways. And we've surrendered to him. That's worship. The Amplified Version says, um, Romans 12.1, not to be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is your reasonable form of worship. It just says reasonable. <laughs> Does it, doesn't mean you did anything extra special. It just says it's reasonable form of worship. Praise is when we thank God for what he's done. Praise is when we thank God for what he's done. Thanks, being thankful, is when we adore him and we embrace him. We adore him and we embrace him. That's when we give thanks. We adore him and we embrace him. That's why a lot of times when, you, when we talk about praise and worship, and you, you'll see new people have a hard time kind of entering in sometimes because the devil's fighting them because they know if they enter in praise and worship, God will do some things. For, a, for a, a person that's brand new, oh yeah, for a person that's brand new, they come in and you, you, you teach them about praise and worship and they enter in, they'll get delivered, healed, prospered all on one day. Just, it's, it's over. I mean, I, I've had ministers tell me this over the years, and it's true. 
It's a lot easier to minister to an unbeliever than it is a believer a lot of times. The, reason, the only reason why is because the, um, the believer has a lot of preconceived things in their head. The unbeliever don't know anything. You, and, you, and you just tell them, hey, this is what the Word of God says. They're like, okay, well, I, I can't argue with you because I don't know. And they'll just believe you. And you'll just see that they'll get healed, delivered. And I'm like, my gosh, other people, you know, I can pray over them time and time again. Why? Because they've got they've got preconceived things. Until they until they 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 make that sacrifice, they they give it all to the Lord. They abandon everything. When that happens, then that, it, it breaks through too. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Did you get something today? Praise God. Thanksgiving is so important. You know, we don't talk about it enough in the church. We really don't. You know, we, we, we think about it about this time of year, but there's power in Thanksgiving. You know, that book I, I was telling you about, Norval Hayes said, he's, you know, the Lord visited him. And he told me, he said, my people basically, basically love me. But they're broke. They live defeated. They're sick because they don't worship me long enough, long enough. Yeah. And then he said, and Norville, that means you too. Yeah. So he wouldn't, <laughs> you know, when God starts talking to you, and if he starts talking to you about other people, it means you too. Yeah. Right. So when I hear a person say, well, you know what the Lord told me about these people? I'm like, well, he told me about you too, because he, he, never, he never leaves you out of the picture. Now, when they leave themselves out of the picture, then I understand that they didn't hear everything God told them. So it's not going to work for them. You've got to do yourself, too. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's stand up. Praise.